and welcome back to the Brainstorming Basketball Podcast. After what an emotional, uh, inspiring Lakers win over the Pelicans. That was you texted time, time. showtime. You said game of the year, and honestly, well, yeah, you want to stand on that take because I like it. Yeah, I mean, what what I learned tonight is that the other guys are great. You know, fucking Reeves, Westbrook. Wenyan Gabriel, shout Troy, out Wenyan Gabriel. Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> it's LeBron and AD that stink. These guys are, you know, these guys are balling, balling their uh their hearts out over here. Do you it. think, let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. Do you think the Westbrook bench roll is a real thing? Because we have three games now that we've seen. Dude, are you kidding me? He's Magic Johnson, dude. When he checks in the game, fuck it. It's crazy because this is the thing with the Lakers fans. They're not necessarily bad people. They like, you know, and I say that, let me clarify, because uh, there there was talks about death threats to Westbrook's family last year. Obviously, yeah, many of them are bad people. <laughs> I don't condone any of that. But the thing is with this fan base, if you just win and help with winning, they will turn and love you as as much as they hated you. They'll, they'll flip it in an instant. The dude Absolutely. got a freaking standing ovation. Not a standing ovation, but he got a round of applause when he first checked into the game. Absolutely, man. It's 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 all about the dubs in Laker Town. Well, I think that um I don't know the answer to that question, but I do think that it takes a certain level of courage to root for the Lakers because it's such a roller coaster. Literally last week, I thought that they were gonna mm. be the 14 or 15 seat. <laughs> Like legitimately, oh and oh no, this is this is a finals team. I mean, come on, there's something special going on at Staples Center. They look really, really different. Let's put it that way, dude. They're leading the league in vibes, dude. They're just the energy is just is just all over the place. I mean, you know, yeah. I I Darwin Ham, get him his get him his statue right now, dude. So that's that's the thing. <laughs> Ham does the thing where obviously he brings Westbrook off the bench. But then Westbrook didn't play in overtime. Like he had the courage to. Yeah, what the fuck? Which was weird too, because you're what like, what was that about? I think it was more of like he's starting to realize that Westbrook needs to be with one of LeBron or Davis and not both. I yeah, think he, he needs to babysit the two. And look what happened when he wasn't in the game, dude. These guys were fucking awful. Yeah. Um. You mentioned it though, Harry. The role players that they have, it seems like. All the talk about trading for more pieces and stuff, but it's now it's like kind of like the unit that they have and guys are learning their jobs and their responsibilities. And now, you know, talking about the Westbrook trade, do you trade him right now? Like, I don't know how you do, right? Oh, you can't. I mean, he's the heart and soul of the team. What (laughs) are you talking about? Don't don't ask me in seven days, by the way. Do not ask me in, in one week from now because it'll be a completely different answer. So that's the other thing. I don't know if like you're realizing it and I'm definitely, you know, guilty of this myself, but it seems like the NBA fan like experience is turning into just like what's going on with the Lakers, even more so than years past, like, and then everything else is kind of falling to the wayside. But then the crazy thing about that is that week by week, like you just mentioned, they can do a complete 360, which I don't think is possible for any other team in the extremes that it's possible for the Lakers. 
Dude, Am they've I, done so many 360s. They're they're fucking Tony Hawk in this bitch, dude. They're just <laughs> rotating nonstop. I mean, no, the the take circus with the Lakers is amazing. Isn't it crazy that even though LeBron is now completely washed and can't make a layup, that he's still he's still like the biggest show in town. So I know you say that and we joke a little bit, but I've been kind of secretly thinking the same things about not washed, but like he hasn't been even as good as he was last year, you know? Um, no, for real. Like, why can't he make a layup? That used to be – LeBron used to never miss layups. It was like – you remember the Kirk Goldsberry, like, fucking shot chart for LeBron? Like, every year it was like – he would shoot, like, 80% from uh, from around the rim. I swear I see him smoke, like, three layups a game now. And he just – yeah, the baby. He's going to ask the refs to, to bail him out. That's just the type of person he is, dude. Oh, he was uh, – he was 0 for 7 from 3 tonight. Um, on the season, sharp shooter. He, on the season, he's twenty six percent from three. And Knock I don't down. know. I don't know how to find the statistic for this, but it seems like his patented step back to the left. I swear, I don't think I've seen him make one this year. And the other patented one, the transition <laughs> three to try to like put a knife in you. I haven't seen that from him this year. No, no, no. And and the worst part is too. If you look at him closely, he thinks it's going in. Every time yeah. he shoots it, he's like, oh, dude, I fucking did it again. I clipped it. Clip it, clip it, clip it. And it's – um, they're not going in. They Those balls are not going into the basket. That's where you want them to go. <laughs> the other thing that I think is being overlooked, this is the last Laker topic that I will bring up. Um, Patrick Beverly hasn't really been helping – Am I am I off for say, thinking that I don't I don't see his contributions at least to the level that I expected going into the season. I don't know. I mean, I, look, I'm I'm not a huge uh, I'm not a stats enough guy to know Patrick Beverly's numbers off the top of my head, but I mean, he's never been like a big contributor in the stat sheet, right? I mean, like I feel like when I watch them, he'll do his Pat Beverly thing, which is he'll get one anticipation steal. And um, start clapping his hands and start talking, and then you won't see him for the rest of the game. I don't, I don't see what's different about that than years past. Let me ask you this way: Do you think he's one of the five most important Lakers? Um, damn, the, uh, that's a, top that's two a are question. easy. I, I would go. I mean, are we counting guys that aren't playing, like Dennis Schroeder or Thomas Bryant? Good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because those guys, ideal. Okay, okay, we're counting them. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll go. Uh, Braun, A.D., Westbrook. This is importance, right? Yeah. Braun, A.D., Westbrook. I'll go Lonnie. I think, you know, recency bias, but, dude, I forgot how talented this kid is. Like, he's actually really talented. He can jump super, super duper high. He's kind of he's kind of shifty with the ball sometimes. He can't shoot, which is weird because his shot, I mean, it looks so sexy. It's such a beautiful-looking shot, but he can't fucking shoot to save his life. But when he does shoot well, he's got a little of that J.R. Smith vibe going, you know, like, he just put up 30 points for no reason whatsoever. Um, so I'll go with him number four. So you're talking about at slotting um fuck, who are we talking about? <laughs> Pat Bev, but slotting yeah. Pat Bev in there at five if we're counting Schroeder and Bron- Thomas Bryant. I don't think so. The other guy is Reeves, which yeah, you know, Matt Ryan. Can we Matt get Matt Ryan, Ryan Matty Ice a little love in here? I think it's interesting. And and you know, Troy Brown Jr. just got healthy and he's been important, but the the Beverly variable is interesting because it hasn't happened yet. He's been necessary for each team that he's played on, but just like Westbrook, a guy that's used to being on the court, when they're not on the court in crucial moments, 
How does that affect the locker room? I'm going to watch. That oh, it hurts. Forward. You know, I mean, everybody who's ever played basketball knows like it doesn't matter who you are when you're not in the game to close the fourth quarter. You just know you're like, I'm not one of the top five dudes on this team, like straight up. You know, dude, honestly, I think Reeves does what Patrick Beverly thinks he does. Like Reeves is such a disruptor. He won them the game tonight. Did you see that rebound he had at the end of the game? What a dude, big almost, almost, almost popped up out of my beanbag. I was like, okay, okay. Fucking Reeves, Reeves and Matt Ryan won them the game tonight. And I don't care who it is, Pat Bev, LeBron, AD, everybody else got carried. So that's just that's just what happened. It is crazy to think that I agree with what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I want to shift our conversation to the other game of the night, and they've played twice in the last week or so. Um, what a freaking fun matchup between the the Cavs and the Celtics in the East, and I want to make this... Well, you I know, thought you were going to say Knicks Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to get into that as well, but about the Cavs Celtics, not only about this game, but the big picture landscape of the East. What are your thoughts on the top of that Eastern Conference? Dude, the Cavs are the real deal. Um, you know, hashtag Buckets was right. Uh, you know, <laughs> he picked him to win the Eastern Conference Finals. I was curious to see what was going to happen because they got Darius Garland back tonight. He was uh, Garland's been hurt uh, the entire start of the season, which a lot of people haven't noticed because the Cavs are just absolutely destroying everybody. I think this is the best defense in the league, straight up. The Celtics, honestly, I'm not sure about it. They they play such ISO heavy ball. I just maybe it's just a, a product of me not liking what I watch. But like, the, they're such a ugly team to watch when Brogdon's not in the game. Brogdon's really the only the only guy that can start stirring the smoothie, so to speak. And um, I think the big story in the Eastern Conference though is the Philadelphia 76ers are. Uh, they're betraying all the sports rules of if your other teams in the in the city are doing well, <laughs> you generally will do very very well. That's just how that's just how life goes. And, you know, we got the we got the birds just popping off. Jalen Hurts can squat six hundred pounds. I don't know if you heard they mentioned it every single second of every single broadcast. You know, the Phils the Phils took a tough one today, but this is a basketball podcast. But all I'm saying is that the 76ers are the story of this Eastern Conference. They are absolutely shitting the bed. So I have a lot of things to say to that. First of all, it's 1145 Pacific, much later where you're at. I actually just found out that the Phillies not only lost tonight, but they got no hit. Like that's, <laughs> oh, I that's, didn't know that. That's a big time fact. Oh, Has that they happened? got skunked. That, Dude, you, that know, you know what skunked weird. is? And you know, in beer pong, when you don't make a single cup. Love that. Dude, there's there's penalties for this. There, you, know, you could be looking at sanctions here, Bryce Harper. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know if I'm trying to look it up. Obviously, this is a basketball podcast, but I don't know if that's ever happened before. Um, so the vibes in Philly now might have just shifted since you since you. I love it. I, 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 I love it when this happens to Philadelphia. I'm so sorry to our third member, Mr. Yosef Nasser. Consider this a form of public apology. But nothing makes me happier than to see, um, you know, sports cities like Philadelphia or Boston, for that matter. Get really mad. Everybody in these cities gets is really good at being mad. Like they're so, you know, there's a braggadociousness to it. So my whole thing with Philly is I want to know where you're at with them in the regular season big picture because they were one and four. Then they won three in a row. Yeah. They lose they today, but they didn't have Embiid. So Harden got hurt too today, I we should say. 
and there you go. Harden got hurt. So where do you think that they're headed towards this season? I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of was thinking this before the season too, um, that I just felt like P.J. Tucker was kind of an overrated signing. You know, nothing against P.J. Tucker. He's a champion he's much deserved. But, like, they didn't really change their play style at all. It's it, You know, you're when you roll into the season with what they did in the offseason – you're really just saying, hey, like we just got stronger at what we already do. And it's I, I don't know if, if that's like the winning formula, though, like what they had last season, just like being like, oh, we'll just times it by two. But that being said, Tyrese Maxey, dude, that kid is. He, he's 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 a, he's a dog for sure. Woof, woof. I agree. So I was uh, not able to catch the Sixers game tonight. I was while you were speaking, I was also looking up the Harden injury. Um, I don't really. What did you get any specifics on what happened? Because I'm, I'm seeing he's, that he's, he's not. I don't think he's going to be game to game. I don't. He like tweaked his lower body or something. I was moving around my, my kitchen, um, when he got dinged up. But I remember the broadcast saying it. But he stayed in the game, so I don't think it's anything serious. It might be hamstring, honestly. No. Okay. Him. So that's okay. So, big picture wise, I completely agree with you. Um, but in the short term, I do think that they will figure it out in the regular season and be, you know, yeah, if, you wanna, if you want to call it fool's gold or whatever, I think that they are headed in that direction. And the thing about the East right now, you have the top three Milwaukee. They're not top three officially, but I think we think Milwaukee, Cleveland, Boston, yeah. in some order. And then after that, I mean, has Toronto impressed you they're five and three but have they what do you think about toronto haven't they been missing uh honestly i'm not as locked in as i should be right now with nba but haven't they been missing some guys here and there i think scotty missed the game early yes but the way that i look at the modern nba is if you don't have like a two-weeker everybody's like doing the thing where it's like all yeah, right let's sit him tonight let's i don't know if they've had like a major auto porter hasn't been there i think tonight was his first game with the raptors but Huge. I think they've been pretty fairly healthy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's nobody else that stands out from the rest of the pack. Like, um, you know, maybe the Wizards, dude. I mean, shout out, uh, shout out, Kristaps Porzingis, bro. He's playing yeah. out of his mind basketball, and dude, he, it's because he grew a little fish. Have you seen? Have you seen him recently? It's he looks. He thing? looks so. He looks so stupid, dude. This is no offense to him. This has nothing to do with him the way he left the Knicks, but he's just really got one of the, the dumber looking faces I've seen in a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. So to clarify, this is nothing to do with the Knicks thing. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> the, the crazy thing about Porzingis is like every year, it seems like, all right, you know, you can't, he's good, but the whole thing that Dallas ran into, can he be like a number two or number three? on a title team, on a really good team. And it yeah. seems like every year the answer has come back as no. But every year, I'm like, oh, I have to think about it again. He's he's such a flirt. I can't believe we just did a minute on Chris House Porzingis. Um, no, but how about the Bulls, bro? Honestly, that's the answer, dude. The Bulls are back, baby. Well, I don't I don't <laughs> want to get too excited because they're five and four. They it's they're a very difficult team for me to figure out. I think is is Vucevic okay? If if we're talking about things that are hard to figure out, I think Vucevic is the guy that's hard to figure out. This guy is the is he's either the worst good shooter or the best terrible shooter I've ever seen. He this guy gets he 
dude, he has the most open looks every game. And that's supposed to be his thing. He's supposed to be a knockdown catch and shoot guy. And then he's out here in press conferences. I don't know if you're reading any of the things he's saying. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just going to get back to being me this season. Like, you know, I'm just going to be more aggressive and shit. Like, dude, you're you you're just missing shots, bro. You haven't changed your play style since you left Orlando. What are you talking about? That was a great way to describe it. What did you say? The worst best shooter or the best yeah, he's, worst shooter? He's either the worst good shooter in the league or he's the best really bad shooter in the league. I can't tell which is which, honestly. The the thing about the Bulls that's gonna be <clears throat> fascinating to watch is the fact that guys like Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond. Today, Javante Green was seven for seven. Um, by the way, Javante Green looks like he's gotten more athletic, which was hard to do because he was already Steroids. a athlete. <laughs> um, so when you look at the bench, they are really carrying the Bulls right now because guys like DeRozan, today DeRozan, two for 11, nine points, five Yikes. turnovers. It's kind of, I'm not going to, it's not red flag worthy. But yeah, that's not what you like to see. That's that's not what you want to see, Bob. When you watch DeRozan this year, it does look like it takes more effort for him to create his own offense. I feel like the Lee's caught up to him a little. I think they've I think they studied the tape a little bit. It's like DeRozan, it's you know, he's just not getting as much uh everybody kind of knows his moves a little more, I feel like. What do you think about the Dragic thing? Because I do think that obviously early season, but he's gotta be in like in the running for six man of the year dude the problem is he's 54 years old dude i love <laughs> i love the dragon as much as anybody dude but when he remember when he scored 26 points in a quarter against uh san antonio when he's on the suns bro that's what this is one of those things where it's like did you know spongebob premiered 40 years ago like dude that was a long time ago man goran Dragic has been playing well but i also saw him dribble the ball off his foot like yesterday <laughs> i, I <laughs> we've been hard I don't want to speak for you. I've been very hard on our tourists, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the past tense is for, buddy. You, you know, <laughs> this is present. Well, that's what I was going to, I was going to give him credit and that's why it's, we have to see if it's sustainable, but this Dragic thing is a real thing. He honestly yeah. is like the perfect level of competitor to mix in with DeRozan, Levine, Caruso, Vooch. It's like the perfect mix so I don't know if that means that the Bulls can have postseason success, but as we just discussed, the top three is what it is. And then after that, I think it's fairly open to anybody. So set it in stone, that's the top three. It should be, right? I mean, let me... There, let me I'm not looking okay. at the standings right now. Is there anybody that could jump in there? So Toronto's five and three, Boston's four and three, Atlanta's five and three, the Bulls are five and four. Miami's four and five, Philadelphia's four and five. And then if you want to consider the Nets, they're two and six. <laughs> well, you laugh. So there you go. Dude. That's... Wow. Doesn't doesn't the last podcast you feel like it feel like a lot a lifetime ago? Whew. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're kind of looking at the usual suspects. I guess we we already did the Philly thing. Your usual suspects to jump into that top tier being your Phillies, your Atlantas, and your um I don't even remember what the Toronto. oh, and your Heat, right? And your Miami. Heat. Let's do since we already did a little Philly. Let, let me hear your thoughts on um Atlanta and Miami, because I think they're interesting grouped up together. Actually, Atlanta, it's so strange because Trey Young has turned in some of the worst games, maybe of his yeah, entire career, and 
his efficiency seems like it's been down. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Have you seen the games though? Does it? Because I don't know. I haven't really been watching them live, so I don't know if it's his like if he's just missing shots or if there's something not working right now. The Toronto game the other night on Halloween was really strange because they lost by 30 and he had 10 turnovers, which is oh. just so unlike him. But it's the you're like, is that Trey or is that the length of the Raptors? Or maybe it's Trey like getting used to playing with DeJounte. I know they looked really good in the preseason, but it's like DeJounte has been just I'm not going to say he's a ball because he's been amazing, but he's like, yo, this is my fucking team, bro. You know what I mean? And, he, you know, so far, he's not wrong, bro. The way, I don't know if you've seen the way DeJounte Murray's playing. Dude, he's dunking on people. He's like four-point four point swing. They should call that, you know, that four-point swing when you create a turnover or get a block or whatever, and then you score on the other side. They should just call that the DeJounte Murray, <laughs> like, every game. So they played your Knicks tonight, and yeah. DeJounte took 27 shots. Trey took 22 <laughs> DeAndre Hunter took 21. Yeah. Is, <coughs> seems Dude, he's trying him. to get that bag before he gets hurt again. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, This team, it's just, I don't know what to make of them. This is a team that I'm going to need 20 games um, because they did get blown out by the Raptors. They got blown, not blown out, but they lost by eight to Milwaukee. They lost by 17 to Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know what to make of them. They also, you know, Madison Square Garden's not an easy place to play. They win by 13. And this Knicks team is decent. I mean, you got to be good to beat this Knicks team. That's, But that's where they are. Like, they're the gatekeepers of, like, good and bad teams. So, yeah, what is what is your overall thoughts on your Knicks so far this season? Three and four. You know, decent, you know, decent from, like, a watchability product. Um, again, you know, there's the all-lefties thing, which plays a big factor in how entertaining they are. Um, but, yeah, you know. I said what I said. I stand on it. They're a perfectly average team, meaning they are the they are the gates of hell. If you are worse than the Knicks, you suck. If you're better than the Knicks, you're okay. You're pretty good. That was one of the best descriptions I've ever heard. They are the gates of hell. Um, so does that mean that you expect them to be around 500 in that uh, scenario? I think they'll sneak into the playoffs. I think you can lock in that there's like five better teams than them. And then it just depends on really how you feel about the underperforming, like sleeping giants. Cause I, I think you could probably say that you got our top three, you know, uh, you got the Atlanta and you got, um, and I, I want to say Toronto is, is probably just straight up better than them. So, I mean, real, realistically, they're like the sixth best team in the East. So if that's 500, then, then yeah, I, I do think so. So, <clears throat> One thing that stood out to me with the Cavs game tonight, other games, the the return of the home court advantage, like truly, it seems like it, last year it felt like it, but like now, um, yeah. these teams that are just really good at home, like Utah, Utah has been, Ooh. it's raucous in that building. And the Knicks have one of those things where Madison Square yeah. Garden, it gets, it. there's a buzz in there um tonight dude it can be double-sided sometimes though you know what i mean like turning on themselves yeah i mean i mean not just when things are bad do you think about playing in that kind of stage like if you're on the knicks that's so much pressure you know what i mean like it's not always an advantage i feel like for some of the especially for some of the guys like i'd be like it's not that nobody's cut out for it everybody likes it that's the problem it energizes you too much you know what sometimes like you'll play a game of basketball or whatever. And like, you have too much energy. You're like, I need to fucking chill out. 
I feel like the Knicks, when I watched them, and like they gave up a huge lead again tonight. They were up like 16 in a, against uh, Atlanta. Boom, all of a sudden they can't get a, a single stop. Does that mean Atlanta's better than them? Yeah, probably. But also the way that they're losing these leads is like the third time it's happened in like three or four games. Like the guys just get too tense. Like everybody wants to make a play, make a play because it's Madison Square Garden. It's you're on the Knicks. Like, you know, there's some pride in it. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit different there than like if you're, you know, I mean, even in Chicago, shit, dude, we've been to some of these Bulls games recently where they're sleepy as fuck unless it's somebody big coming to town. Yeah. I 100% understand what you're saying. Um, has there been anybody that's been like specifically standing out to you in that terms of tensing up in big pressure moments? Ah, uh, you know, I, I almost feel like you're baiting me to say this, but it's true. Like RJ, bro, like just keep your head on. He gets so, you can see it in his body language. Like when he makes a good play, he's like, yeah, he's like releasing all this energy. You got to keep, you got to conserve a little bit of that, dude. You know, if you look at guys like like Brunson, who they brought in, who's been great for them, like what is what's Brunson the best at? Fuck, it sure as hell isn't it being tall. <laughs> like Brunson has poise, dude. He's like Bryce fucking young in there, dude. Like you cannot phase him, like because he conserves his energy, he understands like how to like stay within the moment. Dude, RJ's just like unleashing everything. And then when things are bad, he's like, fuck, you know, it's like, dude, you gotta keep your head on. Yeah, um, the Knicks, it, it's fascinating. You you say, you know, around probably s- between six to eight, I would assume. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be so hard to watch them and compare them to teams like the Heat who are in that same category. I don't know what to make of, like, that kind of comparison because the Heat have that experience factor, but the Knicks have a lot of good variables too. Um, the, the other thing I want to ask you about the Knicks is the bench unit and specifically about Cam Reddish. Do you think that that whole bench unit is going to be one of the top units in the NBA? And what are your thoughts on Reddish? Damn, that's a good question because they're, dude, their bench is a lot of times better than their starters. Like they're just flat out. Red, dude, Cam gives them like a, a dynamic in the, in the open court that they haven't had before. He's really one of the only dudes on the, on the floor that can like, like really just change it up when he's going downhill. Like everybody else is kind of predictable. Like Julius, you kind of know what he's going to do when he gets that head of steam. Same thing with RJ. But Cam, he just has a little unpredictability. But I do think this bench is going to be solid, especially with, you know, Derrick Rose is as old as a fucking, you know, he's as old as a printing press. But like he can still do that. He can still score the ball, man. I love Derrick Rose so much, bro. Oh, my God. Um, No, absolutely. I think this could be one of the best – uh best benches in the league i'm sorry i got carried away with myself there a little bit dude no it's popped the rose chub dude it's just so good to see what he does it it is um i want to talk about the western conference now and just like obviously the struggles of golden state three and five to start the year uh you have the clippers who are now 500 at four and four minnesota's four and four couple slow starts around around the West. Who do you think is the best team in the West as it stands today? That is an excellent question, sir. I do not know the answer to who do you think the best team in the West is today? So I, I would say Golden State because I just rely on their experience, and I, I do think that they'll figure it out. But there's you definitely... said today, you mean when you say today, do you mean like who still the has the best started. chance to win the – yeah, who, who would still have the best chance to win the finals if the playoffs started today? That's what yeah. you're saying. Okay. 
Because I was going to say, if you're just going off the best, like, start alone, it's probably Phoenix, right? Like, Phoenix is just destroying people. They look really good. Um, they Their defense, it looks like, yeah, their defense is second to only the Clippers in opponents' points per game. by They're only one, .1 behind the Clippers. So they're doing the Phoenix thing, but I just I need to see it in the postseason at this point. I'm yeah, not going to. Just like with the Sixers. Um, but the rest of the West, the Lakers two and five, the Warriors three and five, as we mentioned, it is it's hard to see who the best team is right now. I, I don't know, but I would default to Golden Wait. State. So you're saying there okay, I was just kidding before, by the way. Like you're saying there's actually is it could it actually happen the Lakers get out of this conference? That's why I bring it up. Because last week Okay, dude, that's Lakers. insane. It's a it's a scenario. It's a scenario that exists and recency bias is recency bias is a motherfucker, dude. I'm looking I'm looking at the standing right now. I'm like I'm like they could beat fucking Dallas in a set. What it's what does Dallas have? Like Luca, Christian Wood? What what the fuck has Christian Wood done? You know? Um, I was not impressed by the Nuggets, by the way. No, dude, they're they stink, yo. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them that doesn't like that just like I just don't trust it. But there's something that I just, it's, it's, it's probably Dude, my, Michael Porter Jr. Does two things at all time. Like the whole game, he just run around, pick and pop, you know, like he's the pop and, um, and he'll just duck in for like those garbage twos. You know what I mean? Like, dude, this guy has the flimsiest 25 points a night ever. Yeah. He did have a good quote, um, today, I think when he said, I don't think it's unrealistic of me to become a 50% three point shooter. That's really like he he needs to become that. He needs like yeah, exactly said, right. He's not really creating. No, bro, he's JJ Redick. He's just fucking six eleven. Like, what's the difference? I don't. No offense to JJ Redick, but like people are talking about Michael Porter Jr. Like he's gonna be a, a super max. <clears throat> yeah. What are your thoughts on the Clippers? Because they've also been a an oh. underlying story. They look. Dude, we we should have known it was fool's gold as soon as Evan hopped on board, dude. I mean. <laughs> Look, Evan knows sports. Do, do not get me wrong. If you're listening to this, Evan, I have much respect for your all of your sports in, intelligence. But y- you've just been unlucky, I feel like, the past few years. And, um, you know, I'm just going off pattern recognition alone. But, um, no, dude, they're just too old. I mean, who's – Paul George is still, is still capable of insane things, by the way. But I feel like one sign of getting old, and the same thing with LeBron, if we're talking about the West, is like they just can't – the range of, of performances they could have on any given night is bigger. Like Paul George could have what we saw the other night, you know, 37 game winner, like ice in his veins, Paul George, or he could have like a 10 point game where he's like two for 11, you know, LeBron tonight, same thing. It's like, you know, next game, could LeBron have 50 points? Yeah. He just ripped off like an insane dunk like a week ago. You know, it's not like he's lost any bounce. It's just inconsistent. Did you end up answering the question? I forget about best team. Because you did I'll mention go. the Lakers, which dude, is- you know what? It's you know what's funny. It's funny how quick these things can change. I'm sorry, I keep getting sidetracked, but like week one, I feel like a lot of us we like we would have at least brought up Memphis, like we after we won. I still would, for the record. Okay, well, let's bring them up now. I you know we haven't so far. I feel like it's that's you know I feel like we're missing certain teams that like nerds would bring up, like people who actually you know are super super locked in, like the Grizzlies. Why don't we do it this way? Who who do you think are the top four best okay, teams in the I West? I think the Warriors have to be in there. Agreed. Um, 
I think the Suns probably have to be in there just the way they've started the season. I'm going to hold off on that for a second, but okay. Okay, Maybe okay. for me. Let's say the Grizzlies, because John Morant might just fuck around and be the best player in the NBA right now. I would put Memphis in there. Uh, I mean, see, again, a week ago, we all would have put the Pelicans in there. But I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, I do have my reservations about the Pelicans as well. I'm going to put the Lakers in there. I think the Lakers are in there. Yeah, I'm going to put the That's Lakers in there. That's crazy, yo. Um, so, <laughs> and then the, the fourth no, one. No, this is wrong. It, it might be wrong, but recency bias is a hell of a drug. And, I mean, they look incredible. And also, the my fourth one, I think, is going to be – so, it's between, what, Phoenix, um, Denver, Pelicans. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas. I, I actually – Clippers. I'm going to go with Portland. Ah, that sounds wow. so ridiculous, man. I'm That's sorry. That's so insane. No, I'm going to say Dude, Clippers. I'm going to say You Clippers. sent this to me over text the other day. Like You're like, bro, you don't understand their third best players like Justice Winslow. That yeah. can't, that that a team like that can't be in the top. Ah, but I mean, like, who's well, the Winslow. Warriors' third best player? Who's the Warriors' third best player right now? As far as how they're playing, is it Jermichael Green? It's I'm not Ty, talking about Ty like Jerome. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, dude. It That's might be fucking Divincenzo, bro. Honestly, um, I think it might be Draymond. To be honest, yeah, Draymond's been playing well. He's been hitting threes too, which is that's how you know he's actually focused. That team, I mean, there is so many like red flag situations around the NBA right now. I don't remember as many as this. we don't have to get into the Nets thing. We're not equipped for that. It's that would take like a whole other show because that shit is a disaster over there. Um, but so let's let's say our top four one more time because i i want to yeah brainstorm i'm gonna i'm gonna go golden state i'll go memphis um and then and then i'll go the Lakers. this just feels so wrong dude now i'm gonna go with the lakers no then i'll go with the suns and then i'll go with the lakers then i'll go i'll i'll, I'll go that way i'll go that way <laughs> oh man yeah i got golden state memphis Lakers, and I'm gonna go Suns instead of Clippers. I don't know that that is such a hard. This is this is why this season, at least in the Western Conference, is as exciting. And we, I fuck, I said this last year too. The playoffs was like every game was a blowout. But dude, there's literally like what ten teams that are gonna be relevant. Am I it's tight? It's tight, dude. They're all they're all packed in together like sardines and then you have the utah variable which we didn't mention and the spurs the utah variable. variable that's a better name for lowry than the finisher <laughs> the utah variable um yeah what do you think about utah dude they you know you said you kind of hinted at it that is the madison square garden of the west straight up that dude those fans are making me enjoy this team a lot they are fun to tune into. Like they go crazy for this team, you know. Ju and just seeing, there's a lot of lovable guys in Utah. Honestly, like Jordan Clarkson. Like who doesn't love Jordan Clarkson? That guy seems like such a sweet, you know, innocent basketball enjoyer. You know, they basketball enjoyers. Um. Yeah, we were talking about uh Utah before uh 
before Zoom cut out. Dude, that's insane that you still have to pay to talk longer than like 45 minutes, by the way. Terrible product, Zoom. Consider this like a reverse ad read. Your product sucks. That's terrible. <laughs> um, Yeah, man, Utah's got a lot of lovable guys, though. You know, Jordan Clarkson, he's just like a little, you know, little teddy bear uh, bucket getter. Um, you know, Lowry, who's a little good reclamation project, and he has curly hair. I think he's one of the only like true curly hair, um, you know, professionals that we have going on in the game right now. Um, Colin Sexton, a Cleveland castaway, a Cleveland cast off, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, they're kind of they're just a scrappy team that I, I really enjoy watching. Do you think that it's sustainable? Absolutely not, no way. I mean. I I hope that someone can I mean everybody's saying this so like nobody listens to this podcast so this is never going to get clipped but I hope that <clears throat> if Utah goes on a magical tear and they're and we're still like this at the All-Star break that there's like highlight reels of uh people saying stupid shit like I just said and and Utah's like on top of the west but I really don't think that's going to happen hell no It does seem like you know everybody talks about them with Wembenyama, but it to me at least it seems like even if they were to trade like let's say two pieces, I still think they're gonna be a good team. Like they have how, how mad is Danny Ainge, by the way? That's the thing. At the end of the day, like this is gonna be, I don't know. This is not to me, this is not controversial, but maybe this is a little, I don't know. One team is gonna get Victor. One team is going to get Scoot. I understand there's more than just two good prospects, but like if we're rolling and we have a team that the fans are loving, that has good young players, that is winning games that like the general NBA public is applauding them for, I don't, I don't want to take a sledgehammer to it. Dude, I honestly, I'm inclined to agree. Like I, I'm a big um, culture over cash type of person, dude. So, you know, like, like, I think that that kind of good faith, it goes a long way. You know, you start getting people cheering for you. You're like a real success story. You know, when guys are choosing where they want to play, it's their job. And you want to go to a workplace that has a good work culture. You know what I mean? Or has like a a, a track record of picking uh, um, picking like a, a, a route for you to showcase your basketball skills in an honest way instead of like, we're just going to tank every year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think everybody around the league likes te- like franchises that just tank every fucking year, like Philly. And I think that's why, you know, maybe that's why sometimes they have like a hard time in free agency. Like people don't want to, people want to go towards that for their, you know, where they want to work and clock in every day. So I know we're talking about the West, but this is a good time for me to quickly ask a question. That's a similar question in the Eastern conference. You have an Indiana team that is young, exciting, hungry, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Chris Duarte, Jalen Smith. And then you have this question mark surrounding the team with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, specifically Miles Turner, because this is the last year of his contract. I believe Turner's like 26 years old. And the whole talk for not just this offseason, but previous years has been what's the trade market for Miles Turner? And Turner literally goes on Didn't he go on the pot? Yeah. And basically advertises himself to the Lakers. The question is, Harry, you just kind of answered it with the Jazz situation. Now with the Pacers situation, would you extend Miles Turner's contract or would you shop him? 
I mean, he's already started it. You know what I mean? How can you extend him at this point? The guy, like the guys, literally out here <clears throat> offering his services on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast to the the Lakers, right? I mean, I didn't hear the clip though. Am I wrong, or or was that kind of how it was? You're absolutely right. I just look at it like we're going on a Pacers tangent, but I look at it like he's just remember they signed DeAndre Ayton in the off season. Like yeah, they've that's shown right. him. They've shown him repeatedly like, hey, you know, you're kind of so awkward, by the way, it has to be. But if you tell him, hey, just kidding, like, here's like the maximum we can give you the same contract, I guess, that Aiden got. You have the cap space. He's young. He fits the timeline. He's a great player. Yeah, he is good. But what's he what's he worth? I'll ask the Yosef question. What's he actually worth? And we'll do the cap machinations. But also did the did the um did the signing of Aiton actually now in hindsight looking at it did that break the camel's back like is that why Turner is on Woj's pod am I stupid is this like common knowledge I didn't even think about that variable that's a great reference Armand I don't know if it's the straw that broke the camel's back but I do think that it definitely could be <laughs> Um, I, I, I mean, I feel like, would you be, you, would you be cool with that? I'd be like, what the fuck? Like you're, but, you got that guy here to replace me. Basically we play the same position. Yeah. I, I hear you. But the thing is like now the league has kind of reverted backwards where it's like Kevin Durant literally had the off season from hell and he's still wearing a Nets uniform. Deandre Ayton said that, you know, he didn't speak to Monty Williams all off season. He's, you know, they're rolling. I think that they're they're probably still not speaking. Well, you know, why fix it if they broke? <laughs> that was great. That was great. Um, I think it's I think those kind of things are now becoming more solvable. But maybe maybe they're not. Maybe when you're too unhappy that, you know. No, you're right. I mean, it does feel it certainly feels more than ever like the NBA is a total business, which I've had many an old sports fan tell me that's why they don't watch the the league anymore. Um, which is fair, totally fair. But um, yeah, I mean, if if there's any way to show that you're not over it and you're not cool with what happened, it would be to do what Turner did. To, you know, I, I do think he's worth an extension. Like you said, he fits their timetable. And now their timetable has probably accelerated a fuck ton, right? I mean, that's the big, we kind of bury the lead here. But Tyrese Halliburton is a much, he's got a much higher ceiling than I think any of us gave him credit for. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned Ben Matherin. I mean, dude, there's a reason why I was, you know, I was in a dark place when the Knicks, uh, didn't land Matherin in the draft. Like this guy's the fucking dude. He's the, he's the guy. He is like the man he's fucking, he's out here dunking on people and just raining threes. You know, I mentioned J.R. Smith earlier. He's like, if J.R. Smith had a you know, had a really, really solid mentality coming into the NBA. You know, like JR has been open about like that, you know, he didn't have that level of maturity. There's all these quotes about Matherin being already understanding like, hey man, like I, I can do this. Like I can be one of the best in the NBA. One of the most fun players to watch in the league right now, not just rookies, just players. Period. Facts. And we, I didn't prep you for this last question, but I think it's very relevant this season. The worst team in the league, we just mentioned the Indianas, we mentioned Utah, we talked a little bit briefly about the Spurs. I mean, you can answer one of those three teams. They're all looking like 
personally, they look like they won't. We're talking about those are playoff teams. Well, there you go. So then it becomes the question becomes then who the hell is the worst team organically forgetting like, all right, teams are going to trade away pieces and stuff. Oh yeah. Just organically right now. Who do you think is the worst team in the NBA? It's a hard question. It's hard, but it's really not like the Rockets are so bad. Yeah. It's actually an easy question. Dude, it's fucking sad too because they have so much talent that like, but they play just like where Jalen Green came from, the G League. They play like a G League team. It's just dudes out here trying to put on a highlight reel. And um, you know, I think I feel bad for someone like Kevin Porter Jr., who it seems like he actually put a lot more effort this summer into learning how to play like a team player. Like I feel like he's the only guy out here moving the ball. Jalen Green is a fucking ball hog, dude. <laughs> fucking pass the the rock, bro. This is insane. And Shengun is a fraud, man. I was drinking this guy's Kool-Aid. Dude, his ceiling, dude, this is the opposite of the guy that we just talked about in Tyrese Halliburton. Shengun's ceiling is is dirt. I mean, dude, this guy is half the player Isaiah Hardenstein is. <laughs> oh man. Well, I don't agree with the Shengun take, but I love the uh I love the the Hardenstein uh Shout out. Um, yeah, I agree. It's the Rockets. Now, maybe a harder question is who is the second worst team in the NBA? That's a good that's a good question. That's a tough one. You have an answer? No, I don't. Oh, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, I, I, I kind of have an answer that is very hot takey. Oh, <laughs> do we have the same answer? <laughs> is it the Nets? Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. Dude, they're a fucking tire fire right now. Yeah. It's crazy. What do you think? What do you think of them for the rest of the season? Like, like I'm not right now. Like, is it fixable? I guess we'll ask the stupid question everybody's talking about. Like, is it actually fix- fixable? Well, is, besides, can Ime save the day? <laughs> yeah, besides the off court shit, I do think Ime is a really good coach. So, I mean, I don't know, like, if he's going to be a good coach now because it's different when you're under a crazier microscope like it like you mentioned it with the new york players with the knicks but it's you know you're a coach the new york media is there now it's not just you're a great coach you also have this stain on your resume um it might not it might be a tire fire like i wouldn't be shocked if if it goes super super south the rockets have their pick the a swap Mm. so I mean, they have no incentive to lose games, um, but it definitely, they don't need incentive to lose. They'll find natural ways. And the thing is, like, the Simmons thing, I have officially, this is the moment that I'll stamp it on the record. I already told you guys, I've given up. I, I don't think he cares. And if he proves me wrong, God bless him. I'll I'll root for him because I'm not bitter about what happened in Philadelphia. But um, understandably so, by the way, not no uh, no shade towards the Sixers because I get it. Like I would I would not like him too if I was a Sixers fan. But I do think like whatever happens, I would be shocked if he if he actually becomes like the player that he was before at this point. Yeah, no, he's he's not good. And the other thing is like now he has a knee injury. His back, he doesn't. People are talking about how Simmons is not being aggressive enough which yes, I a hundred percent agree, but like, it looks like that back injury and Porter jr. Had the same one with Denver. It's like, I don't know if you're ever the same. Truly your back is so important. And it is a, 
it is a very, very large piece of meat and it bends a lot of different ways. Dude, that's a great point. I mean, he nobody's talking about that because there's a lot of other things to talk about with the Nets. But um, dude, yeah, he doesn't look the same. Not in terms of like, I feel like a lot of the times with basketball players, like we don't really appreciate that it's not always like, can you jump as high as you did before? Are you as strong as you were before? Are you as cook as you before? It's like, can you mentally like go at the same level? You know what I mean? Like, do you have confidence in a body part so that you can, because if you don't have confidence in your body, like, I feel like that's what we're seeing is like, he's, he's moving in a way that's not, it doesn't seem like he's really like himself out there, you know? The other factor, and this is a much smaller sample size, as you talk about guys getting comfortable coming off of major injuries, Joe Harris is also moving. I mean, he said yeah, it. I, happened, man? I forget what the Nets telecast said, but they said no, literally what happened. I've seen David Duke 10 times more than him. Yeah, it's it's going to be an adjustment period for him. Seth Curry is still, you know, a variable that they yeah, right. need to add to the mix. But like Seth Curry and Joe Harris are not fixing what the Nets problem is, which is their defense, which is a business. Yeah, that's the problem. They so, can't guard anybody, dude. Yeah. So I don't know how they dig themselves out of that hole. Um, the same question we asked with the Lakers, though. KD, Kyrie, but who who are the Nets' most important five? Ooh, most important. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, Who's the guy they just got fucking this summer? Was it for, is he from Utah? Am I making this oh, up? Oh, Royce O'Neal? Yeah, I think he's probably he's probably right behind those two guys for me. Am I forgetting somebody? Claxton's kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit. Um, maybe Sumner is is fucking Edmund Sumner in here? Oh man. It's dark, dude. I mean, that's the problem, dude. You I mean, we just said it like you know, it's not about Seth Curry and Joe Harris fixing them. But the problem is, they're all these types of dudes. I mean, shout out to Utah Watanabe. He's the only guy in here making any kind of plays, like, you know. But, like, the roster is constructed in such a fucking shit way. You know, like, Kevin Durant is still getting quadruple teamed. What are we doing here, man? I thought the whole point of having Kyrie was to take pressure off of KD. Kyrie scored six points. <laughs> yeah, I raised that question because... I wanted us to give Utah a shout out. That was the whole purpose of the important <laughs> five. I do think that he's in there though. I really do. He's yeah. the only one on that team. It seems like that gives has a, a pulse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It a shit. It's KD Kyrie. For me, it's KD Kyrie. Royce is their third guy. Whether it's so fucking tragic, dude, this was Utah's problem back in the day was that Royce was their third best player. And then it's, yeah, I would, uh, so personally, I would put Claxton in there because they need a big. Yeah. Not but he, he hasn't played, like, in the past week and a half, like, barely. And then, uh, yeah, I would go with Utah. Utah. Yo, what happened to Camp Thomas? Wasn't this guy supposed to be, like, dude, weren't Kyrie and Katie, like, yo, this guy fucking trying to give me buckets in, like, you know, in practice or whatever. I, he has to be traded because... If I was his agent or him, I'd be fucking mad. I would be livid that you I'd be mad. You, you built me up last season, and all of a sudden now Edmund Sumner is taking my minutes. David Duke is taking my minutes. Like, what the hell is that about? And he about? has no leash. He's never had a leash. Like, look at what Bones Highland gets in a fucking dude. Bones Highland makes like four or five like 
terrible mistakes in crunch time, like every game. And, you know, you know, he's talented. Like, I'm not even saying it's the wrong thing to do, but Denver, like, invest in him so much that they're just able, they give him such a long leash. And Cam Thomas, yeah, you're right about Bones. It seems like he would be the perfect trade candidate for, you know, buy low while, you know, a team that could use him. How about an Orlando for Cam Thomas? They need something else besides. They don't need anything, dude. Um, Orlando are you kidding me dude that's a that's a top that's a top five team right there I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not but maybe my hottest take right now is that the one in seven magic will still find a way into the play-in tournament yeah we're bowl bowl enjoyers dude that team is not a it's 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 not a bad team I I refuse to every time I see the one in seven I I press fake news on on the standings because it's it can't be. They played solid basketball. Why do they have like twelve guys that need to play? That's my problem with them. They have they have so many dudes that need to play. Yeah, you I know? I know one thing though. Bull Bull needs to play a lot every night. Like that is no joke at this point. He is a legitimate player. Love is Bull there, Bull. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here? Nope. Love the NBA. Love you, man. This is always fun. Likewise. I cannot wait to see the Lakers and the Jazz tomorrow. Or Sorry, Friday night. <laughs> Dude, that be... might be the Western Conference Finals. Exactly. That's why I can't wait to see it. What a, what a night that's going to be. All right. Until next time, this is Armand and Harry, Peace. and we are out of here.